Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com right now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com is the men's accessory marketplace. We all know that Cufflinks.com has Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Star Trek, Mandalorian, Disney, every amazing geeky thing. They have products that match your desires, as well as having the classic wearable art brands like Ox and Bull, Hook and Albert, and of course, Cufflinks' own brand, Cufflinks, baby. We all know that there's a coronavirus going around, and we want everyone to be safe and happy, and a lot of things have been canceled, okay? And a lot of sales that Cufflinks had have been canceled too, NCAA, things like that, but They have now put over 700 items on their sale page to get a great discount while people are planning that next outing with their friends. When this all clears up and you go out, you're still going to have to look good. So head over to cufflinks.com today. We wish you and your family well. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Westworld Theorycast. My name is Axel, and today I'm here with Jenny and Brett. We're going to be talking about the finale, Westworld Season 3, Episode 8, Crisis Theory. You can find out more about the DVR Podcast Network at dvrpodcast.com. And as we wind down our coverage of Westworld, please do subscribe to Daily DVR. Look it up on iTunes. I'll try to throw the link in the show notes or go to DVRpodcast.com. You can subscribe on every platform and myself and many of the other people that you've been listening to will hopefully be continuing to give you three pods a week on a host of different topics. I'm still covering The Bachelor. Heath and I are going to jump back into Mindhunter Season 2. And I'm hoping to have Sean Gallagher come on and talk about some classic old films we're going to watch on the Criterion channel um, and just a host of other things. I just want to have guests and people on to talk about what they've been watching, what they've been doing in quarantine, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be really fun. So subscribe to Daily DVR. But today we're here to talk about Westworld. And you all know that I talked with Ken For an hour and a half, I talked with Justin, and we had so many people. Jenny and Brett had a chance to be on with Justin as well on the after show. You can check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes to Justin's show. And Justin was supposed to be here with us today, but unfortunately, his mom had an injury, so we want to send our love out to Justin's mom. We hope that you're doing okay, and we do miss you today, Justin, but I'm sure he will be back on the DVR Podcast Network just as soon as possible. Let me say hello to Jenny and Brett. Jenny, how are you doing? I am doing good. Axel, how are you? I'm doing good. Getting through it, talking about Westworld. How are you doing, Brett? Doing very well. All right, baby. uh sad but i'll get i'll get by <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of you know you, we put a lot into this and then you come to the end you're talking about it and there is a feeling of kind of letting go especially when it may be two three years before we get another season of westworld right because it's generally yeah, yeah it's generally two and with everybody on lockdown right now they're not able to do the things they would be doing right now nope Nope, not at all. But um, 
We're going to have a long time to talk about this finale, but tonight we're going to get hopefully a lot of your guys's or people's. I still do the Jersey thing, guys. And I'm like, Jenny's not a guy, you know, I call people in general guys. I I actually call them all dudes too. (laughs) It's just like, I always think it in my head. I was doing the y'all thing for a little while. I know Brett has the y'all right, Brett. Yeah, I do yeah. incorporate y'all. See, it just, but it just makes sense. Yeah, you see, need you need plural you. Yeah, I do. I and going back to Jersey, I do have the use guys. If I was talking like <laughs> I was in Jersey, I would say use guys have your opinions. Uh, you've heard mine, so let's get to it. Um, Jenny, start us off, or do you want me to start with Brett? Usually, you like. Uh, we'll start with Brett. Brett, what were your overall impressions <laughs> of this episode? How did you feel about it? How are you feeling now? My overall impression of the episode was I thought it was a very beautiful episode. I uh, I really loved the the journey, seeing the journey we took all season come together. Um, I really loved to see Dolores's sacrifice, uh, Caleb's uh, you know awakening. Um, and I really love where the, the, just this overall story that, that they're telling us. Um, I, I did feel like I, my mind wasn't blown like it has been in the past couple of seasons. So I feel like there may have been just kind of reflecting back on the entire season. I think there are probably some more plot holes that I'm used to. And I th- there are definitely some really cool reveals. Um, in this episode, but just overall, I didn't come away with with that wow that I guess maybe it's my own fault for putting that expectation on, on myself because this is you know one of the ultimate puzzle shows that I think I've ever seen. So that's that, you know that that's high expectation. But overall, I I really did you know especially after rewatching it, I I really loved. Um, I just really love the story and where we're at. Cool. I dig it. How about you, Jenny? Um, I found it, I guess I really enjoyed it. And uh, I agree with Brett that it was, it was kind of beautiful in ways. Um, I, I uh, think there were some plot holes this season overall, as Brett just mentioned also, but I felt like this episode itself, it, it wasn't so like, wow, like you said, but more to me anyway, it was mostly satisfying. Like, I feel like that they, this could have been a series ender if they had wanted it to be. Um, Maybe they would have tied up a couple of things a little more neatly, but they could have even left it the way it was as a series ender and it would have worked. So I guess I like that, that they could have, you know, like I'm trying to look for, I guess, the positives, but I really did enjoy it. I just don't want to be like making canned responses here. Yeah. (laughs) No, I understand because there's a push and a pull there. And I, I think that we have to be honest about the way this season was a little bit different. And, you know, a lot of people have been making comparisons to um, the CBS network show that 
Jonah Nolan did before this show. What was the name of that show again? Yeah. With Person yeah, of Justin Interest. Had, uh, Person of yeah, Interest, Justin right. had mentioned that. Yeah. And I exactly and I think that, that it's apt to to think about it from a production standpoint. You have a network show that you're pushing the limits on, right? Because CBS is so procedural and so predictable. You push those limits there, then you come to HBO. You're working with your wife too, right? Talk, just talking about the experience line there. And I don't, I'm not sure if she worked on person of interest. Um, and then you do this crazy multi-timeline storyline, right? Two seasons. And there was a huge backlash against season two. There's still people every time I look around. I really So I agree with both of you. I didn't say that the other night when we were on Justin's show, but I I know both of you had said that you really enjoyed season two and thought that it was pretty outstanding. I I agree. I liked season two. It was very different than season one, but I just felt like, you know, if you were really into the show and had rewatched things, it it like, it made sense and it was good. I, I, I liked it. No, I, and I, it's, it's, it will remain my favorite season. Um, and I think that I just think that they had to go. They had to take some of that ex- person of interest experience and apply it to Westworld. So, like you say, Brett, you see kind of a little plot holes. Like things are a little bit more convenient. There's also the aspect of moving out of Westworld, where when mm-hmm. things like that happened, we all just went, oh, "Okay, that was part of the storyline," right? Like you could easily. Um, kind of get past William making his way through the entire park twice, right? And not getting <laughs> shot, right? Like, because you'd say, oh, okay, for, you know, it's part of a storyline or their host, they can do. Once you're in the outside world and they're doing these big scenes of unrest and Caleb's trying to get to insight and his way is kind of similarly, the people are acting like the people in Westworld. I'm starting to see kind of a correlation of they were trying to not that they failed, but they were trying to show a correlation between these things, but it came off a little hokey and a little plot holy. Um, But I'm willing to forgive them for it because otherwise, like you both said, the sentiment and the way it ended and where we're headed and the overall arc of the season, I'm actually very pleased with. I think it was pretty awesome and pretty cool what Dolores was able to accomplish and kind of the way we followed her through like the plan from beginning to end. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I did too. And I'm, I'm definitely willing to forgive for any plot holes that I may have foreseen because it could be that I'm just not putting the puzzle pieces together, or it could be that they can always come back and, Mm -hmm. uh, later season and tie some of this stuff together they've been doing that the entire series as far as Mm -hmm. in previous seasons uh you know i i could totally see that happening for me did you have something you wanted to add jenny well i was going to say uh this you you had made me think of one of the things that i had heard you say a couple times previously about why you uh 
that you didn't like that Dolores and Maeve kept having all those fights and that that they didn't have any solid endings and they finally talked this time and whatnot. And I think that, yes, it was kind of annoying that there were no satisfactory finishes before, but I feel like the reason that Maeve, or I'm sorry, Dolores didn't want to uh, take Maeve down was because she was thinking of Maeve as a possible integral piece to get the plan going where it needed to go. But she wanted Maeve to be able to choose it for herself. And Maeve didn't trust her or because she couldn't see what it was that Dolores was trying to do. And Dolores didn't want to let her inside her head because she wanted Maeve to be able to just trust that what she wanted was the right thing and make that choice to go ahead and go on and just do it. Just take that step of faith. And if she let Maeve into her head, she would see what Dolores's plan was and she would be influenced and she didn't want her to be influenced. So she wouldn't let her in. So that's why they kept butting heads until Maeve finally saw at the very end, oh, this is what it is. And she made the choice. Yeah. So I think that that's what that whole thing was about. But, you know, you didn't get that until this this episode. <laughs> I, I, I love that, Jenny. And I appreciate. And that's why it's so fun to talk about the show. Because I know. I, I'm open to change. I, I'm going to miss you know? this. <laughs> you know, I'm open to, to hearing a different opinion and seeing it in a different way. We're all individuals and we bring our own set of baggage and our own expectations to what we watch. That always happens. So you're right. That makes total sense. And it makes sense, really, the more I kind of thought about it, even after talking with Ken and preparing for this show and thinking to myself about why Maeve acted as she did throughout the season. And, you know, I mean, she did not have a lot of reasons to trust Dolores. She felt she was a wild card. She doesn't understand the journey that Dolores has been on the way we understand it. Right. You know, all the Wyatt stuff and what went on, um, uh, uh, at the end of the park, her escaping with uh, Bernard, like all this kind of stuff that she had going on. But to see that it was part of the plan, and you're right to leave open in the fact that Dolores didn't just say she wanted people to be free. In the same way, she was very roundabout in the way she spoke to Maeve is similar in the way she spoke to Caleb up until the point they were at Solomon, mm-hmm. right? Where like he would ask questions and she'd be like, we've got to get going. You know, like she wasn't filling him in. She was just telling him what he needed right. to know. And then right. he had to make his choices in the moment and she trusted him to do that. So I love, thank you. See, Jenny, I love that idea of thinking about how Dolores was really acting the trust, not just talking it. And also the other, with her, I I came to the realization when she was talking to Maeve and she said, you know, you're all copies of me. It dawned on me that her creating those host copies of herself, the one in Charlotte and the one in Martin and the one in uh, uh, Musashi and the one in Lawrence, um, she didn't see any harm in creating those hosts as copies of herself because she knew 
that they would change and adapt because she had been seeing it for years yeah. in the park, yeah. decades. Yep. And, that and makes she sense. knew they would become different people based on the programming that she additionally put in them. They weren't just her. They were her and some other additional programming. And they were going to, like I said a hundred times this season, spokes on a wheel. They were all going to develop into different people. And so she didn't, I don't think she was, you know, like Maeve said, and we all thought she was just trying to have a Dolores army. No, that's the kind of host that can survive. Yeah, that's a great that's point. That's what has been proven. Yeah, if you go back and, and you think about how tender she was with Charlotte in the hotel room and how right. she didn't push her, she just told her, I I love you, you're always a part of me, blah, blah, blah. It, and then you, you trust that that's the way she was acting throughout the season upon a rewatch, probably have well, a like- more open feeling towards her, you know? I feel like she did that for Charlotte that time, but she needed Charlotte to recognize that she needed to adapt and move on because she couldn't be there for her all the time. Like in the phone call when Charlotte is in the car and she says, I'm drifting away from you. And Dolores says that is, that's natural. That's going to happen. And she just, she's letting it, she's not trying to intercede She's being hands off. It's like, because she, it's, it's, but it's hard, right? Because the character and it's a testament to the writing and Evan Rachel Wood has changed so many times and evolved so many times that she just acts that way. And then it's up to us as the audience to discover, oh, she's evolved. Right. In this case, we really discover it in the in the in the final scenes, and especially in the conversation with Maeve, which is kind of her her the end there. Brett, do you think that we're done with Dolores? Yeah. Well, just real quick, going back to that point, I wonder how much um, of the the what we've seen with Charlotte was. Dolores's own inexperience with this whole process mm. because Hailbot was the very first host that she brought back and the very first copy she made of herself. She did that even before she brought Bernard back. If you remember, right. uh, Hale was already standing there when Bernard was built back. So, <clears throat> well, she of- mentions that. Can I jump in and say, remember during that conversation, we everyone's been trying to figure out how did Dolores get into the Dolores body from the Hale body. Mm-hmm. It was Charlotte who put her in that body, right? And she says, uh, "You built me when I remade you. I put uh. in controls as well. You see, so there there's an aspect there that if you want to get crazy theory, I think Ken had mentioned like if she put her together." Could it be, I was listening to another pod where Brett, you're going to like this theory. Someone had the theory that the Charlotte bot is actually the real, is the real Dolores and the Dolores that was in the Dolores body. So was, that the one that's in Charlotte is, is the, the one real that Dolores. Bernard is the one that Bernard built after he yes. shot her. Yep. Yeah. I, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, they, they could still totally do that yeah. real <laughs> if they wanted to. They um, could. But. Going back to your question, do I think Dolores is done? I do, actually. I think she's dead. Now, I don't think Evan Rachel Wood, uh, Evan Rachel Woods is done. 
Um, I think basically she's Ford now. Uh, Dolor Dolores is like Ford in the sense that they they both had to sacrifice themselves in order to, well, Ford sac sacrificed himself in order to give the hosts a chance at free will. And Dolores sacrificed herself in order to give the humans and really the hosts a chance at free will. So I think, but before they each made their sacrifice, they put a plan in place. They put uh, plans for certain, you know, chess pieces on the board so that they could, you know, to help them achieve the ultimate goal. So whatever happens next, Dolores's hands are going to be all over it, but she's not going to be there. I think we'll see her in the form of memories and, um, you know, possibly holograms, that kind of thing. Um, but I don't think we're going to see a Dolores, you know, prime host. She won't be there corporeally. She may be there in memories and holograms is what you're kind of saying, right? right? Yes. <laughs> but you think that we're going to see Evan Rachel would play like, because you could see how the actual, as we've seen with Charlotte, the way a person looks and the way people treat them has an effect on these hosts, Right. So yes. do you think that we could see somebody resurrect the Charlotte outer shell and put something else in its head? Like that she'll come back. You mean back the Dolores on. one? Or Dolores. I'm Charlotte? sorry. Dolores. Okay. Yeah. I apologize. Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> that, that basically, do you think, I mean, because the way, you know, I, I yeah. I, okay. It's, it's yeah. possible. It's just that that could happen, but that's not going to be anything close to the real Dolores. Yeah. I think the right. real Dolores is dead. And now I'm there's not, also... There's also a chance that if Solomon is still in play, which I'm not sure if he is or not, but it's possible that those two merged with each other and that she is, if Solomon is a part of season four, she, I could totally see her being in inside Solomon, like in the system there. Nah. Plus they might could uh, extract, you like that, might could, might could. Uh, they might be able to <laughs> extract the um, Dolores from one of the recent copies like uh, yes. Lawrence or yep. Musashi or even Martin, but I feel like Martin seemed very integrated. <laughs> I, I, you know, I feel like there's so much like uh biblical stuff and they're always, you know, like the, and the, even the Adam and Eve thing, I could just see her coming back and as like, the blank slate Dolores and kind of starting again in a new world. And I don't know how much we'd even see of it, but you know, I'm always a fan of shows that, that churn and burn the characters and give us new stories and don't just hold on and hold on. And I feel like this was a good ending for Dolores, you know, I would be satisfied. Me too, but I do want to see more of Evan Rachel Wood. So I hope it's like what Brett was suggesting that it's like just memories or like her projecting as a hologram mm, or, yeah. or doing something like how Ford was on Bernard's brain ball. Um, and also, you know. and, and let's not forget that Maeve was in that room and Ford sent a packet from Bernard into Maeve when they were in the same room before. So it's possible that not only 
do you have all these other copies of Dolores? And if she could foresee what her plan would eventually be, it, it would continue on similar to how Ford's plan always continued on. Um, it's possible that there's a part of Dolores inside Maeve. And when she finally did, well, we see she finally did let her in, right? That's where they met. Where they met was something, it was a place that Dolores created, right? That was Maeve going into Dolores. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that, so she could have brought back that place with her. So it would be f- interesting if, like, as Maeve goes along, I guess also, hey, look, I'm just going to say it. I want Maeve to be the hero of the show. I love Dolores. She's fun and everything, but Maeve's the best. Dandy well, Newton just has that humor. You know, I just, I don't know. I yeah. just have always identified with her more than Dolores on a personal connection. Just as I'm watching the show, I always like the Maeve scenes. Um, so I think it would be cool though, is if she like, you know, she goes off, she's like, I must, consult with the lorai <laughs> she closes her eyes and they go back to that hill and then mave is like must we always be wearing these clothes you know and dolores is like i see the truth come in and mave is like yeah. all right already you know that could be fun <laughs> there's that mantra uh, between hosts now i feel that um you live as long as the last person who remembers you ah yes so yeah it's, it is possible that she could be, re, be rebuilt through memory. And I, I just had another thought while we were talking is um, if you follow all of her copies and where they ended up, you got Musashi's head was taken. You got Martin Burl, Martin Bot Pearl was taken. Um, so it's possible Charlotte has both of those. Um, I wonder if Charlotte is able to get all of these Dolores copy pearls, if she could like deep, deconstruct and reconstruct Dolores based on mm. the similarities between the pearls must equal Dolores, you know, or something like that. So she tries to rebuild Dolores for some reason. Well, we she could like roll back the software to a previous bill. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And also, Hey, you talk about Charlotte doing that, right? Yes. And look, yeah. that's what she did to William. She, it, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's, right. she's like kind code. Yeah. And she's, it's kind of like a return to the archetypes that Westworld started with. And I enjoy it because it gets back to that original thematic idea of why Ford enjoyed these stories and uh, how stories are what propels us. We tell a story of our own lives and these certain archetypes that we encounter that we try to become or that we hope to become, that we dream, as he would say, to become, that if she does that with like make a super team against Maeve of William and Dolores, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> they they actually end up teaming up and finally becoming like the Bonnie and Clyde of the uh of oh, like, I uh, don't like Mad that. Max no. world. <laughs> Yes, that would be that'd be kind of cool. No, I don't like that at all. <laughs> the Bonnie and Clyde of Moon Colony. Of yes, go to the moon. Oh, they you have guys, to go to the stop! Moon. Yuck. <laughs> They're going to the moon. I'm telling you. This sh- listen, they cannot. I gar- I I don't. E- I'm not even joking. This isn't even a theory. I guarantee they leave the planet. They have to. You can't play dark side on the moon to end the se- season and not be on the moon. Exactly. The next 
Oh man, when they started playing that, the lunatic. the first line they played, the yes, was the lunatic is in the grass. I love it. I <laughs> Except love they it. didn't play that as they didn't play that lyric. They played that part of the song, the music though. Yeah, that was you caught beautiful. that too. I love it. I loved it. I, I, I almost typed lunatic is in the grass in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's called Dark Side of the Moon, Jenny. <laughs> man, that, but I really think because that's one of the things that I appreciate about this show is I love it. And I think that's why we all love lost. And it's like, you know, like a show like game of Thrones, when you keep on like upping the levels and they really have done it. I mean, I can remember the first season. Hey, are they ever going to, are we ever going to see the outside world? Second season, you see a little bit. Now we're out. Not only we're we in the outside world, but they took over and destroyed the entire world. And it's in some apocalypse and they can only, I mean, they could go hundreds of years in the future. They could go, they really, if they keep on following this line, I think they really want to tell like a generational story. And I really hope that they go there. And if they do do three more seasons or so, cause that's kind of what people always, you know, that's like the standard now, right? Six to eight seasons. By the sixth season, you could see, I mean, this isn't going to be the walking dead where, you know, eight seasons in, they're still like, Carl, they're, they're, (laughs) they're moving here. Things are happening. Things are changing. So I was, I was really excited, but let me ask you both how you felt about the William stuff that was in the episode, his journey, this season of, um, you know, kind of from madness to perhaps being reprogrammed successfully into thinking he's going to be the hero and kill all the hosts to eventually it looks like being killed by a host copy of himself. What are, what are your feelings on it, Jenny? How'd you feel about his journey this season and how it ended up? Well, I was just like going through it in my brain. And (laughs) um, I mean, I guess he definitely did need to go somewhere for some kind of therapy, even if it was back to Westworld (laughs) to kill more hosts, because he was off his rocker at the beginning. I mean, uh, when Charlotte went and got him. Um, But I, it kind of was, went out with a fizzle a little bit. Um, Mm. I I mean, like, I think it was Ken saying, or maybe it was somebody the other night, I don't remember, um, that, you know, it just seemed like a for him to be killed by that man in black uh, host, um, just cutting his throat all quick as 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 badly as he beat all those ones in his virtual reality <laughs> like mm-hmm. how did he just go down like that so it just it was it he kind of went out with a fizzle yeah so i guess we're led to believe that the death of william occurred in very quickly in a stinger scene after the credits of of the season that's a little strange uh, decision i think um, I was thinking back, uh, since that was kind of like not totally settled for me, I was kind of thinking back and it occurred to me that I wonder if William was actually, uh, a host the entire time that we've seen him this season, because he was obviously declared dead. 
So I thought that maybe he was declared dead when he entered the AR therapy as an outlier or something. But and then that when he still could be though. That still could be. But when he uh, was talking to that dude in the hotel and he says, Oh wow, I, you were declared dead. All your assets are frozen or whatever. I started to think maybe he died in the massacre because the last time we saw him in season two, he was in that tent on the beach, but they said that he was in bad shape. Yeah, they did. You're right. So I wonder if maybe he died there, but Dolores rebuilt him through um, this guest data, through her memory, through you know countless fidelity, fidelity tests. I could see her rebuilding him and then like rebooting him inside of his mansion. Um, since we never really saw anyone visit him, we never saw how he got from Westworld to his house. So maybe he kind of rebooted there, and that would also explain why he had these delusions of his daughter um, tormenting him as if they were real, you know, uh, uh, you know, her da- his daughter was really there. So would that make sense? Because then I could see, because she did definitely need to use William as far as his, uh, the blood tracker to find the hidden facility. So I could see Dolores bringing him back to use him for that phase of the plan, but not really wanting to kill him because her philosophy is that everyone should be free. And that's why she wanted to make sure Bernard went to rescue him so that, you know, he could break out and actually, you know, have the choice to either make amends of this past or not do that and just, choose to do whatever he wants in this new free world now it it looks like what ends up happening is that he his throat is slit by an mib bot so in the end i'm not sure thematically i'm not sure if it matters if he was a host (laughs) or a human this season or not agreed if it's relevant the only way that's interesting is if because i have i do have a theory about lawrence it's just really quick I wonder if Dolores chose Lawrence's body for a copy of herself specifically so that Lawrence um, could help a William bot evolve into like something closer to what the human William was. Hmm. That's interesting. Because when though, you mean after this all happens? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Like Lawrence's plan was after, yeah, this would be a season four plan that Dolores had for Lawrence without anticipating what Charlotte would do. Now I want, yeah. It, I, the question is, how much did she anticipate what Charlotte was going to do? I'm not sure. Did she know that she would likely die and that Charlotte would have a hand in that, or did she only think that Maeve and Sirac were going to kill her? It's hard to say. But yeah. if it's some, if if she did have a contingency where you know, William bot would be corrupted that, you know, a Lawrence bot could be a way to kind of bring him back or something, you know? Mm, so otherwise I'm not sure why she chose Lawrence's body. So that's kind of why, where my thinking went is that, does that make any sense within the story? That's interesting. Well, Lawrence is, I mean, he was always a, he was one of the first hosts he was in the original massacre and he, uh, meaning when, when Arnold died 
Um, he also was always tasked with high level stuff, right? He led William and not only that, but he was the leader of the rebellion before he was like the guy with the little family. You know what I mean? He, he, he served many different roles. So I see his ingenuity and his experience. It's also possible that these people, these hosts that, um, that either Charlotte, Dolores, Maeve, it is also an example of hosts that have maybe in the past kind of woken up and have more of a tendency towards that. But that's interesting though, to have the connection to William. I like that. That is interesting. I was trying to think of, and what the hell was Lawrence doing the whole season? I mean, right. Just, and the, and other than setting something up for next season, why yeah. else was it him that was it's there? Be. Because it be. makes zero sense. Like he's there for a second. He says they have, you know, some fireworks later or whatever. We never see him again. Um, and he's a cop too, which is interesting because it does go along the lines with, with we were um, wondering, uh, I think it was Justin who said, Hey, you know, this society broke down like almost immediately. Like as soon as people's looked at their phones, there was rioting in the street. Well, now we know that Dolores was paying for a lot of that rioting. She was manipulating the Rico app and she was also perhaps using Lawrence on the inside as part of the government, the police force to manipulate them as well or or did he just act like a cop for that one moment but he had a whole he was in charge of all the other cops too and they mm -hmm. saw him just walk up and give him the thing and <laughs> you know what I mean? like there would have been some questions like hey why are we stopping just to give this guy a briefcase uh and then jumping back in the car okay no they didn't do that he was commanding them so yeah. there's definitely something else. And we know that they like to plan things out on this show. So I'm sure that they have ideas of why that's Lawrence. But Brett, I like what you're laying down, which is if they chose Lawrence, not just in world, but also as far as the writers go, there's always been this connection between Lawrence and William. So mm -hmm. it makes sense that if we see Lawrence again, perhaps it has something to do with William. And also, I have to say, the more I thought about it, I was a bit disappointed too. But I guess they've thrown us for so many loops with the William thing. And we've seen him get shot and knifed and whatever so many different times that even though they slid his neck, I guess I just didn't accept that he was really dead. And I also was thinking like you, Brett, in the back of my mind, maybe he died already. I wasn't so sure that that has been him this whole season. Because um, he had those unknown proteins. Exactly. So there was all the, yeah. And they love to do that. Don't they love to take one mm -hmm. thing call it take one thing and call it many things like the sublime the the uh the um uh the great beyond right like it's all has all these different names for it um the da different data has different names for it so i think that you know you there's always a possibility here that 
something else is going on with the William character. And I'm willing to think that he may be, there's more to this story, especially when you think about this stinger from last season. Now, Brett, you think that he had the same injuries when he went down in that, uh, that elevator, what were you saying about? Well, the, yeah, the stinger scene from season two was uh, his fidelity test picked up right where he uh, got you know got up off the ground and tried to go it, into the elevator. Isn't that interesting? Right, mm-hmm. that might be a clue. He, which is, you're right. He had the same injuries that he had when Dolores took him out up there, right? When they supposedly would have found him and brought him to the tent. That was really the last time we saw him in season two that you mentioned earlier, right? We have a high level subject here, right? And (laughs) in bad shape. I think that's what the, and then you get to see a quick flash. So why would the fidelity test start there unless that was really the spot where he died? Yeah. Or where he lost consciousness or, you know, that's interesting that That, I mean, it makes sense for the fact that they hadn't written season three yet, but it also (laughs) that they can use that later as a kind of proving, because I don't think that those fidelity tests that we saw, I don't think Charlotte was conducting those to make this new man in black. It seemed different to me. Yeah, I don't believe so either. Yeah, I think that was Dolores because the um, character was different, right? They were they seemed to be training him to be a human, not this killing machine that Charlotte had had programmed it to be. Right? Do you agree, Jenny? <laughs> I am not sure. I okay. was listening intently to you. <laughs> I'm like, I, I got nothing, man. <laughs> okay, uh, we're just trying to figure out. If that stinger scene was actually a clue right, right. to fidelities that Charlotte was before, but I, yeah, I don't right. think I, so. I got, I yeah. got you, okay. but I, I'm not sure. I, oh, yes. I really, cause I don't remember it as well. I mean, I do remember what scene you're talking about, but I don't like I remember do. how I, his face looked. And, it did. And it looked, he looked stuff, exactly. So I'm, like, I'm going to take your word for it. No, Brett is correct. He looked <laughs> no, exactly as he looked at the end of season two when Charlotte left him there. And she went, uh, not Charlotte, when Dolores left him there and she went down into the forge, that was exactly how he looked. So it makes sense that he didn't look like he looked with the, um, with like the glove or anything like that. So that's interesting. As an, as an offshoot question, (laughs) um, as you mentioned that, 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 Gosh, I wish I could talk today. So you said that the one that was in the simulation or whatever with his daughter, that they were trying to train him to be human. Yeah. And the one that Charlotte created is the insane MIB. So as we saw all those machines there to make more hosts, I was wondering, and I jotted down so I wouldn't forget. So the the bots that the Charlotte bot creates, do you think she's going to put like the original Dolores coding in there that all the other hosts were built off of? Mm. Or what base code do you think she's going to put in there? Or is she just going to like put, you know, did she just put the man in blacks, uh, you know, base programming 
for his base urges and the way he uh, behaved in the park. Is that all she put in there? Because if that's all she put in there, those hosts are not going to be viable in the long run, but they're probably going to create some havoc in the meantime. That's a cool idea, Jenny, that if she already knew and they had the, that well, she would have had to have yeah, known because she had the Dolores code yeah, in her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. That's great thinking. Hey, maybe she made her own new host. Maybe they. Or maybe she's been there working on making her make like from scratch a new like um, base pro, whatever colonel, whatever you would call it for these hosts that is not based on. Dolores or herself at all. Taking a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. And we're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in Cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has you might think to yourself hey i don't have an informal event coming up you know i'm not into cufflinks but guess what they have a lot more than that actually i'm wearing a pair of star wars socks that they sent me cufflinks.com is where it's at go to cufflinks.com slash dvr today oh uh, well you if you remember william said she he knew where charlotte was and he was going down he was going to go hunt her down and kill her so it makes it seem like with retrospect he knew that charlotte was in dubai yeah he must have known that this was like a maybe a special delos facility that had maybe this massive body printing uh you know laboratory that would make sense yeah it could also be maybe he knew that was a place where they were actually storing this guest data that was a part of the secret project. But isn't that this, this, all right. I'm glad that we can have this conversation, Brett, because I want to ask <laughs> you and Jenny too. I am under the impression that the guest data has been erased. I thought Dolores erased that as she said, I don't didn't, there was a line of dialogue um, where she just got rid of it. That's not what's important. And she just, it's not, it doesn't exist anymore. It's unclear. I I think she started to delete it before Bernard shot her in the head. In oh, the that's right. Someone else brought this up too. That you look. I think Johnny said that he rewatched it, or or maybe it, was it you that it stops. It kind of stops halfway uh, through. Yeah, and but then there's that later Bernard when he's slowly remembering things, and Carl Strand is there. He says. Now I remember I killed you. I killed you all, which at the time I interpreted to mean the data. I did delete. Yeah. I did delete all the guest data and I retained the host data. Yeah, but see? It's not entirely clear if that's what happened. But an alternate theory here is that maybe there was a copy of all the forged data yeah. in Dubai. And William knew this and he knows that Charlotte. Oh, I love that. I love that. And you know what right. that would be? She was yes. the what CEO or whatever. She would have right. known yeah. that. Exactly. So, that, so I do have a theory about Charlotte's master plan here is that she is actually using the secret Sector 16 guest data to churn out 4 million human copies. That was awesome. She's actually using that. Um, and she's probably using 
the uh, all the body milk that uh, the Yakuza had. She pulled that part of Dolores's plan in. Um, but I believe that she's not actually building faithful replicas. She's building like this uh, base representation of the most deviant version of these people. And she's going to unleash all of these deviant hosts into the world, which would mean that she does this, this opens up the possibility of like this, the, the game of Thrones uh, white Walker scenario where all of our beloved characters could come back as whites. <laughs> we could see almost anybody, any character that we know from the series that, that was a human uh, come back as a deviant host that I Charlotte like built. That. That's great. Including, yeah. including Caleb, by the way. So that could be an interesting conversation. And um, a, I, I think that that's pretty cool, man. I, I dig that. And and of course, when we're talking about all this stuff, we do had to have to add the caveat, whether it's the data or whether it's the facilities to print bodies and the facilities to print, print a pearl. And Ciroc did tell them to destroy everything, right? After you take those, but then again, this is they destroy can, every. But then Charlotte did possibly. Yes. Yeah, uh, she it, found she a did. She yeah. got it. Obviously, got that's it. what I mean, mm-hmm. though. <laughs> that's what I mean. But, the caveat is there's. She's oh, like, this, oh, he'll change his mind later. <laughs> and well, I mean, just saying that there's always a secret lab is basically it. Like on Westworld, whenever they say something's destroyed or it's gone forever, there's either a copy somewhere or there's a secret lab. And I'm okay with that. I'm totally cool with that because wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't you always have, if you could have a secret lab, wouldn't you always have a secret lab? I mean, who who doesn't want a secret lab? Yeah. And I was, I started to think this, the host making data that could actually mean instead of body printers, that could be like the Pearl. Yes. The original stuff that Arnold and Ford came up with the original storylines, all that kind of stuff, right? Which, which like, seems to be which seems to be a much more rare thing than just a body printer yes. that can print a body. And also, there is the question: when we move into season four, if we've obviously jumped quite a number of years with Bernard, you both agree, I, and I think it's everyone. But but, but but last season they went several years yes, forward. Yes, I know. With the that's what I was. William, that's what so. I'm going to say. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say is that <laughs> they always like to fill in the gaps. Right. So it doesn't mean necessarily that next season is in the is in the apocalyptic land that either Maeve and Caleb are in or that Bernard is in. It could be in a time period, you know, they could catch us up a little bit with stuff that happened even this season or things that Charlotte were, was up to or things that William was up to be- between leaving the hotel and getting to Dubai. Um, but, but I wouldn't be surprised if if there is a timeline uh, it, at that point where Bernard woke up because yeah. on the on the show the other night, somebody had said that where they believed it was five years in the future uh, for there was some reason they had found something online. Oh, I, okay. I cannot attribute that to who said it or where they got it from, but there were reasons <laughs> that they thought yeah, it was five sure. years, but no. I, I mean, that's feasible. And like, I feel like that could make it so like we would have that as one of the timelines, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
What, Brett? I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure if five years is accurate. It, it could be. I think, um, I don't think the actual amount of time matters because I think Dolores' mission for Bernard was for him to just wait it out until this population collapse happens before he brings himself back online. So however long that takes, whether I know Rehoboam's readout of Solomon's strategy showed uh, population collapse occurring in 23 years. So that, that could be um, if that's, if that strategy is actually playing out, uh, it could be 23 years later, but regardless of however long it takes, I think uh, Dolores's mission, I, I, I think Bernard's mission actually doesn't start until after the population collapse occurs and he can bring himself back online and go from there. Well, they said the population collapse was occurring in like 23 years, but then they said the end of the human civilization wouldn't be for 50 to 125 years. So what does population collapse mean? Like you're just down to so few that they don't know, or it doesn't seem that the human race can successfully procreate. It's not totally extinct. Yeah, that's kind of how I interpret it. Like, because I think when Bernard wakes up, it's going to be a world full of hosts and there's going to be very few humans left, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like the mirror opposite of where we started in season three. There are only hosts left. You know, there is um, some theories and some people out there thinking that perhaps the post credit scene with William will sync with the time where Bernard is. And then we'll kind of go back and figure out what the hell happened. Kind of like a flashback to. Yeah. Like maybe that maybe we jumped ahead. Maybe since we got there at the post credit scene last season, maybe we're here now. We've, we, we find like how Bernard gets to this point too. At the end of this season, maybe they don't even get there again until the end of next season or something, you know, which I would be okay with. I I'm, I'm, I'm for the journey, but that's a kind that was a fascinating kind of idea that was floating out there that, um, this kind of brings us like they're both in that same future. So if Bernard wakes up finally from there and he's all covered in dust at the same point, someone is running William through a bunch of fidelity tests to get him back up to snuff of not being a killer with everything, but being like a viable William host, right? And that would kind of go along with your idea, Brett, that it's like a world of hosts. But I also like the idea that they're all on the moon because I want to go to space. <laughs> you both that would be an interesting. I want to go to space. That would actually be an interesting parallel to how they structured season two. Starting out when with Bernard waking yeah, up and yep. reconstruct what happened over the last two weeks, or, or in this case it would be the last two decades, you have to reconstruct. <laughs> I am all for it. I just yeah. my favorite two actors on this show are Jeffrey Wright and Thandi Newton. I like when they're like front and center. Um, so I guess that I I would love a season where but where we're on a, another mind bender with Bernard and then Maeve is going through the apocalypse fighting Chaloris or something. I think that would be much fun for me. But either way, I think it leaves us with so many possibilities and I I'm just coming back. I really love that idea that she's using that host data, Charlotte, to build an army based on real people. 
and and think about all the people who were at Westworld. They were all like rich and powerful people. Mm-hmm. So she, it would give her an entry into a world that's decaying. It would give her an entry to the resources of that world rather quickly, you know, um, yeah. at least their location as well, you know? So with all these hosts, that's a pretty cool idea, but I guess I still am a little bit unsatisfied if that is, was the way William died, but I'm just, I'm not clinging to that. There's something, there's just a little voice in me saying, We've seen him take I it out. I thought he was know? just a host, like you said, yeah. Brett, because that so, makes it less of a fizzle. That, yeah, uh, I, yeah, that's <laughs> because it doesn't uh, matter as much. Exactly. Because oh, it was just another Good host, point, William. Jenny. Good point. And then maybe if the if we are synced up in the future, I like I like the pickup that it starts at the end of season two, and maybe that really is where he died. He never recovered from his injuries that he sustained by Dolores's hand. And then for our story and our characters, don't we want Dolores to be the one who takes him out? You know what I mean? Like that's a little bit more satisfying than it's a copy of Dolores. Who's gone kind of insane. You know, it's, it's a little bit more satisfying that it was, her awakening there at the end of season two, she takes him out and then she does decide to save all those hosts. She makes, she changes. She's not just trying to kill humanity. I think that that's an interest, a more interesting um, storyline and a more like kind of truer way to, for these characters to develop. I'm going with that until season four starts. That that whole scene in Dubai was really weird. He kind of like, it was he, calm. It was calm. He he walked into the reception yeah. area. He shoots the guard in the head like out of nowhere, and he's demanding to know where the the what the laboratory is. But he, I mean, it's clear he, right on the sign. He wants to know where the he wants to know where the hosts are, or where yeah, the hosts yeah. are. Except he doesn't but, say hosts. He says something else. He's like, "Where are they?" And, and he, I'm he just, pretty sure he means the hosts. He marches downstairs and like you know. Charlotte is right there. It, the whole thing was very weird. That's it. Yeah. It was a little, the, for me, the weirdest thing was he's sitting in that hotel lobby. All hell is breaking loose, right? He, the next mm-hmm. time we see him, he's got similar injuries on his face and everything. Right. But he looks a little bit better. He obviously got on a plane somehow recovered, right? Like that guy, probably did his job, right? He was able to get his plane. He gets to Dubai. Um, But when, when we only see really kind of a stock establishing shot, I thought it was going to say Berlin still something was happening in Berlin. People, they mentioned it like three times. Um, And when it wasn't Berlin, I was like, okay, wait a second. Why are people just nicely walking down the street? Nothing's going nuts. Was it just that the, because Rehoboam was a worldwide system, they sh- they plainly well, showed that to us on a map. Right, right. Repeat it. I think the, the heart of the riots were outside in sight. So that that's definitely where it okay. started. I can probably, buy that. I can buy that. Yeah. That other countries may have received the data, but were able to stabilize a little bit more. But when we, the last Rehoboam circle we saw had about, 70 to 80 divergences even more they kept on Mm -hmm. popping up and then kind of fading 
Um, so I don't know. I just got the well, feeling that maybe they were able to calm things down a little bit because the whole, the downfall of humankind wasn't supposed to take place for like a hundred years or something. Right. On well, the, extinction. Extinction. Was okay. Like, years. like the downfall. Yeah, that was 50 like, to a hundred. Yeah. Population collapse was 23 years. That's still not mass, the next day. The, there were two mass casualty events, one in six to 10 years and one in 12 to 16 years. Okay. That's interesting. So it, yeah. and now, now that's not the plan that they're following precisely, right? Because of what Dolores may have changed it, Maeve, you know what I mean? But right. the, it was yeah. the whole basis of this season was that no matter how to me, one of the things that I got from this season was this. No matter what anybody did, mankind was going to go through an, ap- an apocalypse. Um, yes. No, no, any permutation that Sirach ran through Solomon or Rehoboam ended in mankind destruction and apocalypse. He couldn't prevent it. It was just this one plan by him doing this. So once he takes his foot off the pedal... We don't know whether what Dolores did stabilized it or it's just that they basically use these computers to figure out, guess what? People are fucked. And based upon what we're going through now, I don't disagree. <laughs> but- <laughs> yeah, but well, what, they were, what they were doing was predictive modeling based on people's behavior. And they were calling out from the herd the right. outliers and the people who would start any kind of uprising. So – that's how they were maintaining it. And Dolores, just like with the host, was like, these people should be able to, to choose decide, for themselves yeah. whether they want to just kill themselves or keep, figure out a way to keep going. You should not be controlling them. It's what, what gives you the right. And it's true. Like, yeah. what gives you the right to and- control all these people and not let them have you know, make up their own minds. And, you know, like she told Caleb, like clear back at the beginning of the episode, you know, free will, you, you have, it's a choice. It's just fucking hard. Yeah. And and that's, (laughs) I actually like that line. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I, some, I've heard some people make fun of that line and I actually think that's one of those. I think that's a great line. Free will does exist, Caleb. It's just fucking hard. It's so true. (laughs) I, I think that, you the, don't have to do what somebody preordained you should do. You can make a decision and take a different path, but it's not always easy. You know? and, and it could be also that um, even if Dolores knew that eventually it was part of the cycle for mankind to have some kind of apocalypse, to kind of destroy itself, to be reborn in a new way, and she trusted, she wanted to allow people and hosts now to kind of create that world together. Mm-hmm. The hosts are something that Rehoboam could not take into its programming. Right. Um, but I think, and I said this the other day, I really do see Westworld going down that Star Trek type story, which is if you remember in Star Trek, there's a worldwide apocalypse and then one lone guy 
invents the warp drive. Yes, you talk to Ken. About yeah, that. so everybody loves <laughs> Star Trek, Cochran. and they're always Ephraim Cochran. Yeah, Ephraim Cochran. Right? They're everyone's <laughs> like, I want to live in the Star Trek future, and I'm always saying to people, you remember that there was an apocalypse first. That's part of the Star Trek uh, timeline. So I think Westworld is kind of going after. And with, if you look, uh, of course, the philosophy that's involved in this show, the ideas of mankind's evolving consciousness, that is that cycle of death and rebirth. And Dolores is accepting that cycle and saying that we must not try to, by interfering, we are the cycle anyway. I mean, no matter what Sirach did, you saw that in the end, he had to become a part of Rehoboam because he would be declared an outlier. So eventually, everything had to become a part of Rehoboam because it w- and then it becomes the outlier. So it's just a it's just a, a freaking snake eating its own tail. So Dolores wanted to like our dear Khaleesi said, break the wheel. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what Dolores is doing here by breaking the wheel. She's allowing it to be broken and rebuilt, broken and rebuilt. So I kind of dig that. I think Westworld is actually headed towards a very positive ending where people where it's a world of acceptance and a kind of utopian society. I think that's where this show is going to end. But that's kind of the, that's actually the feeling I got, even though it ends in the, you know, crazy (laughs) (laughs) buildings on fire. It actually gave me more of a hopeful feeling because I think they've burned it all down because they want to rebuild it. Like a phoenix rise from the ashes. Yeah. Like we see in the credits, you get too close to the sun, but next, Um, maybe next season four. I know, but it's still getting burned by the sun and shit, right? True, so true. you fall and then you rise up again. So those stories actually might be somehow connected. I don't know. I'd have to do more research on that. But I mean, it's thematic. It's the same thing, you know, like you get too close. The phoenix, it burns you- too bright, but then it is reborn. Random thing with you talking about at the end and everything being in destruction when – when they shut Rehoboam down, did you hear any of the things that Sirach was saying? I noticed on the captions today, um, he was he was begging for his brother to speak to him. He said, speak to me, I brother, did. or something like that. Oh, and I'm really? Like, yeah. But he yeah. he was the voice of Rehoboam. His brother, Jean-Mi, was the voice of Solomon. So I'm like, why are you calling out to Solomon? He's not here. Because Solomon's still alive. Solomon's still right. alive. Solomon may still be alive. You the, are correct, he is but because they made. Yeah, there's no reason why he wouldn't be because he just they had showed the EMP it. unless it totally erased it or whatever. No, they showed it, Jenny. When when Sirach's boy oh, yeah. goes yeah, to get. Yeah, when Sebastian mm-hmm. goes and finds. Uh, uh, it just says inactive or. Yeah. Or ter- it, it it doesn't say a race or any- there's a word I'd have to go back and write it down, but it basically it was a clear close up of Solomon's monitor telling us this thing is not erased; it's just shut down for now. But yeah, he was calling out to his brother. I like end. that's cool pickup. You know, I like that. I have to say, I found Sirach to be kind of a paper tiger in the end. And I think he's that, a puppet like yeah, Maeve exactly. called him. That was the point. 
But I, but a puppet. I think they built that whole thing with his brother. And I think that was actually pretty deep. And I think it was very interesting. Um, and again, that was his cornerstone, right? His whole deal was built on this pain of seeing his city burn and then having his brother go insane and the, the choices he made. If you think about the guy, he really was not like evil incarnate. There was, there was a depth to this, this kind of bad guy that they created this season. So I enjoyed him and Vincent Cassell, that dude is always a great actor. What were you going to say a minute ago, Brett? What uh, we were talking about at the end there with Ciroc and his brother. I can't remember. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I, I had a question about that line that, so Maeve told Ciroc that, that Ciroc was the one that granted Caleb access by plugging Dolores into Rehoboam. Mm -hmm. And she said, Solomon's access was the last memory before you wiped her clean. So, I wasn't sure if that meant that there was just a copy of the Solomon strategy in Dolores that she went ahead and injected like the, the drive that he crushed under his feet. She went ahead and injected that. Or if like, like she access went from Rehoboam to Solomon or something like, I wasn't sure what that meant. Yeah, that was interesting to me too, Brett. I, when he said, when she said that, I got the feeling that of what you just said, and it made me think of the end of that episode when, um, when Caleb asked Solomon, how do I kill, um, Sirach, right? He says, how yeah. do I kill your master? And they say, yeah. I must compute. And then it gives him the data. And I think that it they probably to erase Rehoboam because Sirach and Rehoboam are so in intertwined that they're not, they're, he can't be without Rehoboam. Yes. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I agree with that, Jenny, but I was wondering if they were playing an old switcheroo, which was that Dolores had already had the plan. And mm -hmm. what Caleb was actually waiting for was a ruse. And the whole time when he was holding that, like Brett saying that USB stick, that was nothing. That was something that Solomon came up with to try to, you know, get Sirach or that something. But really Dolores had the plan. And so when they plugged in, she uploaded it. But I mean, all in all though, let's just say it is a sci-fi trope that, if you plugged something into the computer, guess what? You already fucked up, right? So <laughs> as soon as I saw Dolores plugged into it, I was like, game over. She won literally while I was watching the show. As soon as all those things were put, they go on her face, they pull back. And I was like, oh, this key just fucked up. He plugged her into Rehoboam. It's over. Yeah. Like, why would he do that? And why would Rehoboam do that? Which so made speaking me okay, plugging into things. Do you think that maybe when Charlotte got all that data before they wiped it from Delos, do you think that that's how she got control of Dolores in the episode when she just like shut her down in the middle of the street? That could be. I like like that. she got the override codes or whatever. Yeah. To 
That's a you're very because I wondered cool. about that the other night. I was like, how did she just make her stop? Well, b- because of what I said earlier. Remember, well, she I know, said I built I you. She yes, put in that but... to her when she rebuilt. It's her. the equivalent of pressing a button. The, it's, the yeah, rock. it's the same. The Charlotte same did the same thing that Dolores, that Ciroc did to Maeve. And you could see her connecting with the contacts both times she showed up as a hologram. Because the first time when Caleb and those Rico guys were behind him, Caleb's like, who are you talking to? Yeah. And then, but you see the little rings going on her contacts and she's talking and, and they're dealing with all the people getting shot. And then the second time when she's leaving Maeve and she just like drops in the middle of the street, it's like, how did she do that? It, that was the only thing that was like unclear to me. Like the rest of it seemed fairly clear. I mean, as clear as you can expect it to be on Westworld, I guess. But like that still had me confused at the end of the episode. I actually rewound it while I was watching it on Sunday night to watch it again because I was so confused. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I didn't get that until she said to her in that last hologram that, you know, you had me rebuild you. Right. And I think that that made reference back also. And it's, they all all always cleverly do that to the way that um, Caleb had rebuilt Dolores in the old body. Right. So we, we were then to make that correlation. Oh, shit. That's right. Dolores got into that body from Charlotte. We were always wondering, how did she have another body to take the pearl out of the other Charlotte and put it in the new Dolores body? It's because Charlotte did it. So she, because Charlotte was Dolores, (laughs) she built in a fail safe when she put herself back in herself. She says, you put me in charge of Delos and you took measures to ensure that you could control me. Why would I do any different after all? We're the same, just Dalos software. You said you wouldn't always be there to help me. I'd be alone. Took me some time, but I've made my peace with that. Goodbye, Dolores. Yeah. And if it's Dolores' plan all along to be plugged into Rehoboam, I wonder if she anticipated this. Like, how much did she anticipate as far as... She looked she, shocked the first time she, she looked saw shocked, her. But she's walking away from Maeve. Mm-hmm. So what was her next step going to be? from there well you know know, there's so many you know brett when i I assume she was trying to get to insight i mean yeah i think that it it it, it's like when we were talking um it's like when uh we were doing watchman pod and we were talking about dr manhattan if he can see everything and know everything that's going to happen why can he not control everything because it's a matter of attention And it's a matter of she still, even though she exists in her mind in all possible permutations, there is only one real reality in which things change around her, which she cannot always control. So for her to know everything that's going to happen is not possible because she would have to have control of everyone else who is also interfering with her plan. So I think that the only plan she had for Charlotte really was to let her be free, was to say, hey, look, I need you to do this for our plan. But overall, 
I'm going to allow you to make your own choices in which that I think also that Martin made the choice to kill himself. I don't think that Dolores programmed him to do it. I agree. So I think that that is when it comes to how, how much of Charlotte Charlotte's actions this season were a part of Dolores's plan. I I'm not sure that they were because in the same way that the hosts were outside of Rehoboam's capacity, in a sense, they were also outside of Dolores's. I think that the Charlotte personality, whatever programming she put in there to make her be more like Charlotte, uh, just did not mesh well with the Dolores. Yeah. Uh, it got with Wyatt. <laughs> yeah. It meshed with Wyatt. She's, yeah, it she did is, not turn yeah. out well. She needed her hand held for too long at the beginning. And then when Dolores wasn't there to hold her hand anymore and she felt like she was being thrown to the wolves as a sacrificial lamb, then she just turned cold and hard and was that same person who killed the pedophile. And the fa- and also, though, the family dying, right? Like it was, right, it right. Was, but that's I, yeah, the final yeah, push. That's what I mean, because yeah. she was, she, I agree with you. She felt like, um, I think she felt like it was Dolores's fault, which it kind of was that she, her family got killed, but really it was Sirach's fault because he's the one that sent that person to kill her. I'm certain of that, but, um, yeah. And, but and but also but in the end she still blamed Dolores. Yeah, and but that that in the end she blamed someone. Well, what's the real truth? She was part of the fucking plan that caused it too. Right, <laughs> so, right. Dolores I had mean, part of it. Yeah, because yeah. exactly. But and so the was the ultimate actions- person whose fault it was was Sirac, I yeah. believe. But so uh, what oh, do well, you guys think yeah. happened to do you think Clementine and Hanario and the Musashi brain ball, uh, do you think they went to be with Charlotte or are they like somewhere waiting for Maeve? Uh, I, I would guess that they joined up with Charlotte. That's a good question. I, I think That's they a- joined. I, uh, my guess would be that the, that she was able to draw them over to her side because also, the Clementine and uh, I can never Hanario. pronounce it. Hanario, they were made by Sorak, right? Right. They were supposed we to be Maeve's allies. Yes. So we don't know. They don't. We don't know if they, if their consciousness, if their how they were changed, or if they were really changed that much at all. You know what I well, mean? Clementine so. had to be changed some because she was lobotomized before. So. They had to do something to fix her program. <laughs> yeah, well, they had to go back a few steps. <laughs> had right? to roll back, roll yeah, back. They had to roll back. They had to roll her back. Yeah, she had been through a lot, hadn't she? Um yeah. so I mean I just bring that up to say that it doesn't automatically mean that they would side, you know, with uh like because Sorak's out of the picture that they would automatically like side with either side, but I would think that they would probably be more akin to going with Charlotte who could make a compelling argument that she was trying to protect hosts based upon what both of those characters had seen mostly in Westworld, which is that humans are despicable. It's yeah, it's, it's unclear how they presented it because Sorak built them and, you know, Maeve asked Sorak to build them, yeah. but Charlotte said that she, that he, 
she dropped the knowledge about where Musashi was. Yeah. It, so, so there it, it was wasn't, a connection made. So it's not clear that she is directing them what to do. Right. So she, it could be that they are bringing Musashi's head back to Maeve. I just assumed that they were bringing it to Charlotte, but it's it could go either way. I think. I like it. I, I think well, it's because, cool. Well, because also, I, you know, I, I'm liking that they could be going back to Maeve even more because I kind of last week leaned towards they were probably working with Charlotte or for Charlotte, uh, like she had control of them in some way. But if they were going to Maeve, it would also make sense because the pearl that was inside Musashi's head was a copy of Dolores and Maeve was supposed to be going for Dolores. And since that was a copy, she maybe was like winging it with, Oh, well maybe we can get the key from there. You know what I mean? I could buy that too, Jenny. I mean, I'm not like totally on that road, but like it's open. That would make sense too. It's (laughs) in the same way that we could only like, blindly theorize what the hell Lawrence had been up to the whole season or what he's going to do now (laughs) in the apocalypse. It's the same thing with them. I just, I like loose ends like that because when we come around next season, there's so much that they can do with these other characters. We know them. They're interesting. They're fun. I just wish that Hector had made it, man. Cause I freaking love that. Hector is like my favorite. I know. <laughs> he was such a cool dude. So is it, are, are the pearls actually that like jelly like, and that, and is the case, the control unit casing that's indestructible, you know, cause we saw the bullet hit Teddy in the head and the bullet like crumpled last season. Right. Yeah. So what exactly is indestructible? indestructible i think it's the case it's the case okay but i I also feel like the bots or i'm sorry the hosts have pretty they're pretty strong like they have great strength so like uh maybe it's strong enough that like we definitely couldn't crush it like charlotte did but maybe Uh, like you know the robot type person with the pressure could could do that can i can i also point out that the body that charlotte had packed from Delos that Caleb put her into that was a actually not and I know I'm being pedantic here but hey <laughs> I'm pedantic that was not so we're here for yeah, right that was not, that was not an original host body that was like a second generation that wasn't the original complete clockwork body that she was originally in that was like a secondary one before, Have you done like screenshots and confirmed this? <laughs> I'm pretty sure about this because I, don't, I think I don't th- recall that well, so I'm just yeah, asking. Yeah, it looked a lot more sturdy <laughs> than the original clockwork, like the little William was still in the park. You mean you know? the little Robert? Oh, the, I'm sorry, little exactly the little Robert. I missed that little kid. He should show up in the apocalypse. Um, he, he, his well, was a little inside different. Her he- inside her head was different than what yeah. was inside his head. Yeah. But I don't know see? about the body itself. Okay. I'm going it's for like the inside the head had the little thing that came out to get her pearl, which yeah. they didn't show that happening no, at all. And I don't remember seeing a pearl. Yeah. It was like a clockwork thing. And I just watched that again recently. Yep. I'm going on <laughs> record here saying that that was a special intermediary build like a V two or three. Now before Delos got involved, because Delos was the one that came up with the liquid stuff. That was a Delos invention, right? 
And that that's what Ford didn't like. He liked the old clockwork, the original original. But I have a feeling that that was a special body that Bernard made for Dolores at a certain point. So that was like a that was a Bernard version, not a Ford version. So I don't know why I felt the need to say that out loud, but um, <laughs> I don't. I have no idea, but I just wanted to talk about it. Uh, do we have anything else? I think we covered a lot of this episode. We went over. I looked. We went over pretty much all your Brett, theories, Brett, Brett. Probably, yeah. No, he we, probably has more theories. No, I think me. we hit them all. I think we did hit them yeah. all. There's just a little piece of the. Um, of the theory about so Dolores's mission for Bernard, I believe, is for him to actually wait it out and yeah. then bring himself back online. But in the meantime, I believe that she may have put a copy of herself in the virtual Eden, kind of like a system Logan omniscient version of herself, so that she I love can explain it. the plan to him. I love it. So and then we can see her next season then too. That's a great yeah. idea. And they and so he gets the whole plan explained to him and this takes like, you know, an hour and then he wakes up 23 years later. So I, I think t- t- time-wise for Bernard it's possible that almost He no definitely did pass. not expect to be in there long term cuz he's like, well this will keep you from like rotting while I go in there and and I can take care of you when I get back and and he thought that ice was going <laughs> to yeah, but Sorry. he's still a lot. But, but I know, but but I'm just saying he did not expect to be gone that long it's, for the, sure. If he just threw some ice in there, thought it was going to hold over. I, it was very funny, and you know, though, come on, listen, everybody's saying it. They have to do it. If if somebody now, this is the other thing. They showed the room. It was not a full wide. But it was kind of, if I remember correctly, it was kind of more like a mid and then it goes to a close. There, It is possible that someone else is in the room that woke him up, right? That he didn't come out of it. It's possible that so. they pull back and somebody's standing out of camera. Maybe, and, but it seemed like the lights came on and then his eyes opened. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So it could be, I uh, for it doesn't matter. Like the little lights on the halo. Oh, okay. So the little lights on the halo. See, I'm just, I'm just trying to extrapolate totally Not blindly. Like the in the room. <laughs> I th- I'm saying that it could be that Stubbs awoke him, or that. Well, I mean, Stubbs could be still like hanging out there in yeah, the tub, like just sitting in, there, like. He's not going to really die in his, in his skin, like dying. His exactly. skin could die. He'd be sitting there as, as a white skeleton dude. <laughs> he would just shut down, but it, his, his, his control unit wouldn't deteriorate. Right. It's indestructible. He'd be right? like glitching out like he yeah. did when he was, when Bernard found him the first time. Well, I think what would happen is once the body, once the host body loses a certain amount of blood, it just shuts down. And it goes into he goes in he goes right. into like sleep, sleep mode. mode, yeah. And he would just be like in sleep cold mode. Storage people. So Stubbs ain't dead. He's just. So what happened to the, all the cold storage people where Solomon is? Do you think, think they're they, still? I think they're dead. Okay. No, I think they died. <laughs> well, because yeah. when we were all talking about the EMP and everything, it was yeah. a matter of whether or not that like took the power out and left it out or if it was just like when you know your power lines are down or whatever and then when they fix them your power comes back on so the power would come back on for them like 
I don't know. Mm, you know what, though, Jenny? They all are outliers, and they could be a part of Dolores's plan. We don't know. I mean, it's very possible. Hey, just in the same be. way that there were people who – I remember at the end of season two, I think, Brett, Brett, when you and I did the season two kind of end of finale and wrap up, we were mm-hmm. both saying, oh, we're going to see the land beyond again. This is going to be part of the show. But a lot yes. of people were saying, oh, when it's never going to be a part of the show. Why would they go back to it? They just sent them there. So I'm always ready for anything to pop back up. So if those people aren't dead and they're they're special, they're outliers, perhaps they had gone through some sort of reprogramming, right? They could be valuable to Dolores or Charlotte. Well, or Caleb. Or right, uh, Caleb and oh, Maeve. Yeah. Then when I say Caleb. Dolores, I mean yeah, Caleb <laughs> and Maeve. Because I just she you're right. In many ways, like you said, she's kind of become the Ford now. Right? Like uh, yeah. we're living out her plan and we're gonna be even if we don't see her next season, we'll be like, Dolores plan this out. Which is kind of cool that they follow along those lines. Um but all right, guys, could, I'm gonna have to do you have anything else you want to uh get to, Brett? I'm sorry. I I was just gonna elaborate that I think Caleb may actually feel a kinship to those people as outliers. Ah, and yeah, if this if he's having an awakening, kind of like the host had an awakening, and he's suddenly remembering everything, then maybe he does remember this relationship with Solomon, and he is going to do something with those outliers. That could be – it depends on where they resume season four. Yeah. If it's like a few days later, then I could see that. Or, or even it, three months back. later like this one was. <laughs> or it could be in a flashback. That's true. It doesn't have to pick up right where we left off. But, yeah, I think that's still in play. I love the idea, and I'm glad you brought this up, Jenny, because I do love that idea because you'd think that, you know, we have this whole story about how terrible the outliers were. How about if the outliers become the ones who repopulate the world? Right. The human side, yeah, anyway. I like that. I like that a lot. That's cool. Well, hey, listen, that's it. Um, I have. I been, think that I think that we should have one more show, yeah. like you said earlier. After we've had a chance to rewatch. Yep. Oh, good! I'm so glad because yeah. I think we should have one more. <laughs> I do, and we have time, so let's try to. I mean, hey, this could be a month, two months away. Yeah, but when give we, it a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give it some time, people. But we we do have time, and I will. When we do do that, I will definitely, of course, it will be on the Westworld Theory Cast feed, and don't forget. Subscribe to Daily DVR because you'll get all the stuff that we do. This has been really great. Um, you know, I wasn't able to make all the shows this season because I was covering Better Call Saul and the new Bachelor show, Listen to Your Heart, which is amazing and I oh love my it. Goodness. Uh, subscribe to that, Bachelor, Listen to Your Heart with Sarah and I. We have so much fun talking about weirdos over there. Trust me, there. Listen. Anybody, whenever people are talking about, could a host be conscious? Oh, no, it's not like a human. Humans do this. Humans do that. They're so smart. They're ingenious, ingenious whatever the word is. I can't say anything anymore. <laughs> All you have to do to be proven wrong is watch an episode of The Bachelor, okay, people? And then you will say to yourself, my Xbox is more evolved than half the cast of The Bachelor. So- don't judge so harshly on hosts. 
until you watch Listen to Your Heart, even though I love it. Um, but I do think it'd be a good idea to rewatch this season. It's only eight episodes, and maybe we can get kind of everybody together and do more of a roundtable. And I did want to thank Justin for filling in for me. And I also want to thank both Brett and Jenny here because it was a change and you guys ended up going on YouTube and, you know, I, I committed to doing the whole season. I wasn't able to do it, but you rolled with it. So I really appreciated you guys. And it gave me an extra show to listen to that I wasn't on. So I enjoyed that the past couple weeks. So thank you to all of you for that. I do appreciate it. And this has been super fun. I mean, we just came back on and kicked ass and talked all about Westworld. It was, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time and I thank you for letting me be on this season instead of just reading my feedback. Cause it was fun to interact with you and Brett. Yeah, I love being on with you, Brett. You're great. Yeah, you are. You're great, <laughs> and Axel, Brett. you know, I love you too. So oh, I love you both. You guys are fantastic. We got to do. And Hey, you have any ideas for anything you want to cover pods, whatever. I mean, we got a great crew going here and it's just, it really warms my heart and, I, I mean, not only what we have here, but also with Gina and, and uh, Andy and Tim. It's just a great crew. And, and of course, I mean, Brett is now a YouTube star. His theory videos are like, they're more than Alt-Shift-G like or whatever the hell that dude's name is. <laughs> well, it's, it's been a lot of fun, I got to say. I, I do want to say thank you to Justin for filling in. Um, it, it was a blast. And uh, I think... All, all three shows we have on this network uh, are all unique. They all have their own styles and they're all really good. And so it was just, it was uh, an honor to be a part of, of this one with you and Jenny. So thank you all. That's awesome. And thank you everyone for listening. We really do appreciate it. Of course, we do have one more Westworld show coming for you in the next couple of days, which is the cleanup text, Gina, Tim and Andy. They're going to rock it out, and I think they're going to be taking some mail. So if you have any uh, feedback, hit us up at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Check out dvrpodcast.com. Check out Listen to Your Heart, Mindhunter. Uh, man, this whole time been, uh, we finished up Better Call Saul. That was uh, amazing with the Shea from History of Westeros. So this has just been a lot of fun podcasting. Say safe out there, everyone. We love you. Peace out. And say how did your moms for me? Hi, mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> DJ loves that shit. All right, that was a great show. <laughs>